Um, I think the outdoor dining thing is great. Mind you, it's, it's a sunny day today. So, <laughs> and I think that's sort of, that's sort of a, me- a metaphor for the whole, the whole thing. It's like, well, it's sunny today, but it might be like it was yesterday. You know, who knows? Who bloody knows what's going to happen? But I, I'm, I, I'm excited about it. I, I think we've all got a lot to look forward to. If you've dined out in Melbourne, and you've been lucky, then you have eaten the food of Philippa Sibley. She is one of Australia's best loved chefs. She's a great person to have a chat to. And I hear, Pip, that you've just had a pretty bloody good schnitzel. I have. I have. I just had, I just finished work at the European on Spring Street, one of my favourite jobs ever. And they uh, have just launched a little sandwich bar that are selling their their famous chicken schnitzels but in um roll form in bread roll form with this with the coleslaw and stuff and it's um it's heaving and it was delicious nothing like a snitty sandwich there is nothing like it and look there are so many things that we can't do in melbourne right now during second lockdown but Mm. on the other hand there are so many things that we can do and can eat that we've never had the opportunity to eat before exactly yeah yeah Yeah. right well well yeah that's true as a chef you're doing things that you haven't done before so do you want to just talk me through that you know no, we can't, but yes, we can. Tell me about that from your point of view. Well, I, I don't, I've never cooked um, as much in my life um, for people that I love and, you know, and people that I've just, just met. I've met a lot of people, in fact, more people than I've met before in such a short amount of time and made friends. And um, because we've only been able to have small gatherings, we've, we've had, you know, this is in the first lockdown, I've been cooking things that I've always wanted to cook but never had an opportunity to. So I reckon I've learnt a lot. And I also learnt a lot about what I know, what I've learnt, which is great. I've just been able to apply, you know, my knowledge to to what I whatever I feel like um, cooking, which has been amazing. It's been a real eye-opener and, and really motivating and really um, inspiring. And, yeah, so I've, I've sort of done it turned it into a little side hustle for myself. That's so interesting. I mean, tell me what you mean. Like, why have you been able to do these new things and what are they? Well, I've been, I've been living with um, a friend who's a real socialite and just loves, loves food. And um, <clears throat> so I've been cooking, you know, all sorts of like a Kalubiak and all these things that I've always thought, oh, I'd really like to make that one day but never have had the opportunity. Um, okay. It's true. It's, you know, especially as a, being a chef, you really hardly ever do get to cook um, for like in a dinner party form or for, you know, for just for, even for just for two people or for yourself even because you're working nights and that sort of thing. So, um I've been cooking like crazy and I've just started a little business called Take Three, um, PS Take Three, and it's – so I'm delivering on Tuesdays three main courses, so three um, dishes um, with a side and three desserts for 100 bucks, um, which is pretty good. I mean, it's 33 bucks ish for a meal, two courses. It usually costs you that much for pizza delivery, apparently – so they tell me. So, <laughs> and so every week I change it 
I do whatever I feel like doing and I don't tell people what they're getting. So people think, oh, I, I, was, I was thinking, oh, no, people aren't going to order it because they don't know what's coming and they love it. It's like getting a show bag, someone said. So That's great, yeah. It's been re- really fun and, and um, it's kind of taken off a bit, which is awesome. But it's only 40 people, so I, I, I make everything. So it's not just people eating my dishes, it's people eating my food and there's a difference. So I'm loving it. I'm having, I'm having a ball with that. And, um, you know, people, people are adapting and, and coming up with some in, really ingenious ideas. Like it's been really interesting, this second one. It started off, started off pretty lousy, actually, the, the adrenaline and the, you know, the sort of excitement from the first one was just, you know, lost on the second one. But um, yeah, I think it's the it weather It was a bit of a downer. Mm, I think the sp- spring and everything feels a bit brand new and, and it just feels like we're – I'm so glad we're coming out of it now because it's exciting, you know, that it, we've got so much to look forward to. So, yeah, it's been good. I love it. I can really hear the excitement in your voice. And yes. I was feeling a little bit tired before I got on the call with you and now I'm feeling super energised. So this is great. <laughs> a friend of cool. mine ordered your meal during the week and uh, she loved it. She sent me a photo of the menu and it looked very exciting. She loved that mysterious aspect of it, not quite knowing what you're getting. Yeah. Um, and dietary and requirements also- haven't been an issue either, which is amazing. Yeah, that is amazing. I've heard that from other people where, you know, the of course there are people who have, you know, legitimate allergies and they have to be um, accommodated, of course, but I think mm. a lot of the preferences, a lot of the, oh, I feel like I feel a bit gluten-free today, I think a lot yeah. of those have sort of melted away as people have just, um, I guess, gone back to basics and um, just, yeah, I think we're grateful for, for good food. Um, <laughs> exactly. No, I've got so many questions, but the, the first one I need to just check in on is what is a kulubiak? Kulubiak. 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 It's a. It was. It's an old Russian. It was made for, initially made for the the Russian Tsar somewhere back in the day, and it's a whole fillet of a whole side of salmon, and then it has um, saffron rice, mushroom duck cell chopped egg and then it's all wrapped in herb crepes and then wrapped in brioche and then baked oh wow and it's amazing and usually served with like a lemon a, a beurre blanc or whatever and you know can put some caviar in there and make it real russian but it's so delicious and you know it's oh. a real it's not something you could ever do in a restaurant because it, it's that's an, that's another thing i've been loving like there's certain things you can't you can't do in a restaurant i mean there's a whole brie that sort of thing. Um, they're definitely not mm. Kalubiak. Very, very seldomly successfully. Um, things like beef Wellington. I mean, some people can pull it off because they know they're going to sell a lot. But if you sell one piece of Kalubiak because people can't pronounce it, and that's a thing, I'll, you know, they sell like, yeah, people don't it. order it. Order <laughs> it. It's just so annoying. Um, but uh, once you've cut it, it starts to. The salmon will continue to cook, and it's just one of those things that has to be served on point. So that's been something that I've really dug. You know, doing doing those sort of big dinner party kind of shared, um, you know, real um, 
uh, sort of g- gala type things, which has been which has been really fun. Yeah, and theme dinners and that sort of thing. It's been hilarious. So you've just been doing that for two people at home just, during yeah, this well, lockdown. Yeah, well, our neighbours as well. We, we, we were, I was in an uh-huh. apartment with some with some people next door, and we were sort of became a bit of a you know a bit of a family. Um, so yeah. that you know there was you know maybe maximum four of us, four or five of us at, with me and, um, you know, I, I didn't sit down very much because I've got always got ants in my pants. So, um, but, yeah, it's just that was the first, the first one and then after the first one sort of let up for a while, we had a couple of, a couple of gatherings, which was fun, yeah. but lots of practice and lots of, you know, lots of fun has been had. So, it sounds like a lot of those classic techniques as well. And, I, I mean, you know, you're known a lot for your desserts. I know you do other styles of food. I mean, you're, you're, you've worked more recently as a savoury cook first and foremost, but I think that you've probably resigned yourself to the fact that people will pigeonhole, always yeah. <laughs> love your – they will always well, – they'll love your desserts. It's, yeah. it's, it's a shame when you're so good at something that you may get a little bit pigeonholed. But obviously you, you do lots of, lots of different styles of cooking. But what I um, I know that you're you know you're, you're so you're so good at the classics you know like you, oh, yeah. you make a bloody good sauce you know you, you you're, yeah. your custard's never going to have any lumps your pastry is <laughs> always going to be you know just as crispy and buttery as it should be in all the right places so it sounds yeah. like um I guess in 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 restaurants these days sometimes you don't get the opportunity to make the most of all those techniques that you bedded down earlier in your career would that be fair? Yeah, it would. Uh, it would be. It, it is different now. It's hard to uh, find good, um, good te- people who are willing to teach, and but then people, uh, kids that are that you're willing to teach as well. Because I think, she- you know, chefs and cooks my age are a little bit like. Um, I went through hell to let when I, you know, when I was, I fought and died for this country, that sort of thing. And then yeah, kids, yeah. Come, <laughs> kids come in and they're like, eh, I'm on my break in a minute. And they're not all like that, but that, that it is slim pickings for people who are really as into it and as into learning as I was and, and you know, my kind of contemporaries were. So it's, yeah, it's a bit, it's, it's changed, but you know, who knows what's going to happen when everything kicks off again and how it's all going to fall into place. I'm doing cooking. I'm actually doing cooking classes on Zoom now for for um, sort of morale boosting for, for companies. So that's been fantastic um, for CBUS and I've done a couple for CBUS and they've booked again. And um, so it's interactive, which is, which is really so good. That's so interesting. Mm. And what sort of dishes do you do for that sort of scenario? Well, I've done profiteroles with chocolate sauce which was great I've done gnocchi with a mushroom bolognese so real technique uh, technique driven things that people bugger up you know so it's kind of it's kind of demystifying or clarifying you know why you need to use these potatoes you can't use the ones that have gone a bit soft and growing growing you know in the cupboard no they won't work you just forget about it and you have, you know, with um, shoe pastry, you know, the oven has to be the right temperature. You can't just put them in and then turn the oven on. And just little, just mistakes that people people make, you know. And I cook along with them and, and ask them to show me theirs. And 
you know, it's really, it's been really good, really fun. People have, uh, you know, I'd rather do that than a webinar or yoga or, I mean, yeah, it's great, <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's not really, you could do that anytime, but for to have someone who's, who knows what goes wrong, because, I mean, I've learnt by making mistakes. I think it's, I think it's the best way to really hone your skills is to, stuff things up again and again and then you're like right now I know I mean I'm sure you agree Danny that there's certain things that you just sort of have to dig your heels in and just keep doing it till you get it right and then the penny drops yeah, mm. yeah. you got to make a mess clean it up try again <laughs> yeah, exactly make another mess and clean watch, it up try and again watching I mean I learned but I didn't learn from reading recipes I learned I learned from looking at pictures to start with and then I learned from watching people so Actually having things, like there's no way I would have learned how to make puff pastry if I had to read it in a recipe. I wouldn't have bothered, no. you know. But to be shown and to, you know, it it's just makes such a difference. And people are absolutely loving it. And then they have something to eat at the end of it as well. You know, yeah, can, good outcome. Yep. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's, sit down and have gnocchi for dinner. You said at the start of the conversation that you you sort of realise the things that you you know. Is that what you've? Is that something that you've perhaps seen through those uh, cooking classes where you realise that things that come naturally to you or that you've just embedded through years of doing it that it's actually an amazing hack or a tip for somebody who, for Absolutely. example, didn't know which potato to use. Absolutely, right. interesting. That and also, I mean, like even something as simple as, as cutting an onion. To me, it's like. Putting on putting on my socks, and I, I forget. You know, it's like I remember being in maths class, and and the maths teacher would get really frustrated because he'd be trying to teach us bloody trigonometry or something, and we were all like, had no idea, and he had no idea why we had no idea. You know, it's that sort of thing. So, um, just cutting an onion right, people were like, "Wow, that's that's great! Thank you so much for that." And it's like, no, no worries. <laughs> Make sure you yeah. Um, but. Because it's kind of you have it's a it's a fine line between being um, I have the fear of maybe being patronising and telling people something that I, I don't know what people know. But so yeah. it's, um, it's a learning experience for me as well to find out what you know how I can help, which is really fun. Yeah, that's so interesting. I think mm. there are some things with cooking like you can never know you can never know it too many times and of course you know yeah we can all hack away at an onion but the way that you do it I'm sure is pretty pretty great and very efficient and even Mm. if you're still very happy with the way that you cut an onion yesterday I think to see how you cut an onion would be really great and I think you could apply that to all kinds of things like I'm sure for you to cook a steak or for you to even cook pasta for you Mm. probably for you to butter some toast I'd probably learn something (laughs) well and I'm still absolutely still learning and I'm I'm learning every day from that I mean those classes uh, I've learned things already well it's best if I you know if you if I do that next time it'll be better and easier for them and you know probably turn out better for me as well the more that you do something the more you learn you know how to do it better 
Yeah, well, I think with food, you honestly never stop learning and it's one of the reasons that I love engaging with it so much. It's Mm. also such a great opportunity to meet people and talk to them and have some pretty deep but fun conversations. And you said that it's allowed you to to talk to more people during this period. So tell me about that. Why have you been able to engage with people more? Um, Probably just because I'm... I'm moved from Richmond. <laughs> I moved from Richmond right at the uh, pretty much just before lockdown and I was living with um, Jane Semple who's just, just can't not socialise and even if it was just <laughs> talking to other dog owners in the park or, or whatever and um, or people you know talking to people on Zoom and stuff and it's just it just changes being with different people. I was very um, I was a loner you know, and I was, I've kind of been forced to um, be a bit more social and it's, so I've learnt that. I've learnt how to be a bit more social. It's been great. <laughs> it's so weird because aren't we all supposed to be isolated and lonely during this period? It's so yeah, interesting but, uh, that you flipped I would, it. I would have been lonely because I would have been living by myself in Richmond and um, I was living with Jane, thank goodness. I mean, I was just sta- sleeping on her couch. I was couch surfing looking for a place of my own and we got locked in so lots of scrabble lots of cooking lots of making jam and and experimenting and because I, I find it difficult to sit still so um yeah and you know making friends with the next door neighbors and that sort of thing it was great and meat smith was open hallelujah <laughs> that was a savior yeah. so and yeah and and uh, Collingwood really had a, had a pulse still. You know, I'm so glad that that's where I ended up for lockdown because I wouldn't want to have been in you know in the suburbs um, and within the five the five k radius from Collingwood Fitzroy is pretty much everywhere. So I've been really lucky, and I realised that I've been lucky. And um, I, you know, I've had one of the worst, but also one of the best years of my life, to be honest. That's so incredible. So why was it one of the worst years of your life? <laughs> oh, just because oh, I was a bit crook initially. My son moved out. Um, I, I was looking for a place and it was, I, you know, the the job keeper wasn't cutting it and, and you know, and the side, the side hustle took a while to take off but now it has and it's just all been very, mm. you know, one up, one down, one up, one down but now it's pretty much all up. So, yeah. And I've gotten to make new friends and hang out with cool people. So and tell me what's happening at the European at the moment. Well, we've been um, chugging along with the, um, the Spring Street Grocer. So, yep. And we've been doing home deliveries, which have been going really well. Um, we've done an Italian one this week, like um, dinner boxes, which are beautiful. Um, the, the wine shop's been trading um, as a wine shop, um, we're all just really getting really toey. We, we really want it to all kick back in, and with the outdoor dining, I think that will be. I think that'll be, you know, it'll be a thing. I think it's one of the first places people will think to go back to. It's such an iconic, fabulous place. I love working there. It's such a great place to work. So I can keep doing. Why is that. it so good? Oh well. A testament to that is that most of the people who work there have been there for 15, 10, 15 years. So it's just a real um, like family 
Con and, and Josh are fantastic. There's a real sort of um, sense of optimism and fun and um, I get along with the head chef for the first time ever in my life, you know, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> I know. I just love it. And I've been going so there people- for years as well. It's pretty much the only place I hadn't worked yet. So... <laughs> Yeah, it's such an iconic place. So for people it who is. don't know, the European is on Spring Street at the top end of the city. It's part of a, a, a cluster of Conte Christopolis restaurants. So there's mm. European precinct. city wine. Mm. It's a precinct, isn't it? And there's yeah. that big pavement close to close to empty theatres, but it yeah. is close to theatres. Opposite the uh, parliament. Close to parliament. Yeah. And it's um, got the, I remember the Melbourne Wine Room. Oh, sorry, Melbourne Wine Room. The, the Supper Club upstairs and then Siglo above that. And Angel around the corner, and the butcher's diner, and it's just—it's just really humming little corner. It's—it's it's a good spot, and it's just very much Melbourne. It is it's so just, Melbourne. Yeah, mm. Classic food, just classic bistro dining. Um, always a you know level of quality, and that's even before you were there. So yeah, great um, service, amazing wine list. Yeah, love it. This is a good place. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're so happy there, um, oh, no. and looking forward to it gearing back up. But do you think you'll be able to continue doing your mystery dinners when things? Yes, because it's off only again? two days. It's only two days. So I do 40, 40 times three. Okay, but 40, 40 main courses, forty desserts, and it's well, three days: Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I deliver. So, yeah, absolutely. I'm not letting it slide. I love it. I hopefully and, um, people will stay um, engaged. The thing about it, the thing I think that will keep people engaged is the fact that they don't know what they're getting and also the fact that it is only three three nights so and it's not expensive. So people don't feel like they're being too extravagant or too lazy. Yeah, and they, and balance. the dishes are all made fresh on Monday and Tuesday, so they can be frozen as well. You know, so it's I don't know. I just it, it really makes sense to me. It really just clicked with me the idea, and I um and I'm glad people are are getting into it. So yeah, I'm going to keep keep going for sure. And for, for you, is it, a, is it a chance to experiment with dishes or to cook things that wouldn't work in a restaurant setting, to try out new produce? Like, you know, how do you sort of come up, how do you work with the, create, creative, the creative side of it? Um, well, m- massive repertoire, I think. And, I mean, I've been cooking now for th- over 33 years, for goodness sake. So um, I don't know. That's Got a bit of a probably- back catalogue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's probably my my greatest strength. I think is is the is being able to come up with menus. That's that's the easy part for me. It really is. So and seasonal. I mean, I'm going to the market. Um, you know, getting seasonal things, desserts. Are, I don't know. Just it's that's the easy part for me. I know it's hard for some people, but putting packing everything at the end of it. It's where my brain unravels. Like I, it's just funny. I've learned how my how my brain works, and my brain is a sprinter. It is not an endurance runner. So that's another reason why this this is really good for me because it's very much not monotonous. <laughs> so interesting. Mm, 
but yeah, I I do have quite a quite a repertoire to draw on, and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that. Let's do that. And there's certain things I can't do, of course, um, because people have to be able to reheat it themselves. Um, so, but all the salads are in kits, and you know, I put the pastry on for pie. I did a chicken pie last week, and I put the pastry on. I thought, oh, should I cook it first? And I thought, no. Just put put it in the instructions to cook it at this temperature for this long until it looks like this, and people loved it. But when you get a pie, normally it's already cooked, and then you reheat it, and it's mm. so this way people can freeze things very safely and then you know reheat them. So I think I think it works. I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be a a thing hopefully. <laughs> I think there's a lot of things that people have tried during this period that are going to continue. Um, it'll be interest, interesting to see which which of the innovations persists and which ones to end mm. up being just a bit of a pandemic pivot. But um, yeah. I think people are definitely, they're always going to want to eat at home and they're always going to want convenience. So I think mm. it'll definitely be part of the landscape. Well, thing, things like, I mean, Uber Eats, are people, Uber Eats is never going to go away. Um, but that you have to eat that straight away. Mm-hmm. So there's no flexibility with that, and also and things like Marley Spoon. I should probably shouldn't be mentioning this, Marley Spoon and HelloFresh and stuff. You have to cook it yourself. So this is sort of in between that. Um, and you get so many potato sweet potatoes when you get Hello HelloFresh. Oh my goodness! Oh sweet potatoes. Anyway, <laughs> oh potatoes. Anyway, um, so this is this is um, it's sort of in between that, you know. Uh, it's, I don't know, we'll see. We'll see what yeah. happens. We'll see oh, what happens. I hope it goes great, Make guns. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure it will. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. So, um, Philippa, there's a lot of young cooks that listen to this podcast and mm. I want to talk to you about being a woman in the industry and, you know, being a mum and a single mum in the, in the industry. Have you mm-hmm. got any words of advice or caution or strategies for how people can can navigate it um well not really not I can't really compare because I don't know what it's like to not be that so I mean I think I think um there's I think there's been some serious trailblazing done um I think it's a lot uh, there's a lot less many fewer issues in the kitchen for for women now than there was like for example when myself and Karen Martini and and you know and Nikki Reamer and us old birds started we kind of um you know I mean if if any any of the nonsense nincompoopery that happened now that happened to us it would be it would be there would be hell to pay so um and it's, it, with the pet being a single parent thing, look, I don't even know. I can't even remember how I did it, you know. You just do it. Um, he's a good cook too now and he, and he lives by <laughs> he lives by himself. So I don't know. It's a hard question. Yeah. Well, I remember talking to you over the years and at times it would be there was it, there seemed to be a bit of negotiation that you would have to do with employers or, or at least making them understand that you needed yeah. to be home for certain periods or for a certain, yeah. you know, a certain and number of nights. Everyone's been great. Everyone that I've worked for has been <clears throat> fantastic with that. Um, 
yeah, so it's it's not ideal. I mean, that's how I know about HelloFresh because <laughs> I used to get it for Donovan so that he could cook for himself because I wasn't home, you know, four nights a week or whatever. Um, right. There you go. But um, look, uh, you know, I'm sure it, it could have been it could have been easier. It could have been better, but you know, it was what it was, and and you know, here here we are. So yeah, yeah. I guess it's it's about often it's just about saying what you need. I think and having the confidence mm. to do that, and that could be in any circumstance. It could be you know, if you, people are dealing with all kinds of different life circumstances, um, mm. no matter who who they are, and and. Um, yeah, what their family situation is, but I think exactly it's great if people feel they've got there's room in in the business that they work for where they can say, look, you know what, this isn't quite working for me, and I need it to be a little bit more like this. And of course, to have um, employers and managers that will meet them ha- more than halfway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I've been I've been lucky with you know with my with my um, employers. So, um, but you know, I was at the point where I'd I'd I was kind of pretty established as you know, someone who, I don't know, for want of a better term, knew what they were doing. So I probably mm. got, I probably got treated better than some people do. Um, you know, it, it's it's definitely hard. In fact, I don't know many single single mothers who cook. I don't know many people, but <laughs> you know, I. <laughs> it, <laughs> Not many chefs, anyway. Chefs don't really hang out together um, because they all work nights in different restaurants. So, yeah, it's it would be hard. Interesting. So, uh, you're looking forward to reopening at the European. Uh, what what's your feeling like? What are people talking about? Thinking about how are people generally feeling about reopening? And what do you think is going to be the same in Melbourne? And what do you think is going to change? Um, I, we've just, we've stopped asking. We've, we've stopped, nobody knows what's happening and when, um, it's become so, such a sort of, um, a tunnel, you know, um, and things change so, so quickly. Um, I, I think a lot of, I think a lot of restaurants will probably slip through the cracks and, and won't, won't return. Um, I think the outdoor dining thing, is great. I think it's really it, it'll shine a new light on on the the way people use Melbourne. Um, mind you, this, it's a sunny day today, so and I think that's sort of that's sort of a, a metaphor for the whole the whole thing. Is like, well, it's sunny today, but it might be like it was yesterday. <laughs> you know, who knows? Who bloody knows what's going to happen? But I, I'm I, I'm excited about it. I, I think we've all got. A lot to look forward to. Um, definitely coming out of out of the doldrums. I think um, everyone's upbeat at the European. So, but we've stopped asking when are we opening. It's just no point. It's like asking how many rocks there are. You know. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> just let it let it roll. Just let it roll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's fantastic. It's exciting. It, it, I think there are going to be 
lots of sunny days and lots of days to appreciate what Melbourne is and can be. And yeah, as you say, new ways to imagine it and, and live yeah. in it and enjoy it. So it's, yeah, it's going to be a lot of things, but one of them is going to be good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Philippa, it's, uh, yeah, it's such a pleasure to have you on. Thank you for energizing me with your optimism and uh yeah all the different things that you're doing uh and for teaching me what a kulubiak kulubiak say it right Kal- oh Kalu- my god kulubiak kulubiak <laughs> i'm gonna write it out stick it on my computer yeah. and practice saying it Phen- four times a day kulubiak I- <laughs> I can't, I can't promise I'm ever going to make Kalubiak, but oh. at least I will know what it is. I'll send you a, I'll <laughs> send you some photos of it. It's gorgeous. Thank you so much for chatting. Thanks, Jenny. I'll see you soon, I hope. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about. We spend a week thrashing around each issue hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This is a Deep in the Weeds production.